Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of our show to explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic, spiritual ways. You'll hear how various industry experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And do me a favor, please come back and rate the show so that new people can find us. We'll introduce our next guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. The funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate Geek to English for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it, and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Hi, it's your host, Cheryl Sitz. And when I'm not doing this podcast, I enjoy offering live or remote coaching sessions to help my clients explore their possibilities. Maybe you have a physical pain and you've never really gotten to the emotional root cause. Wouldn't it be nice to be free of that? We can do that together. We can also explore what it is you really want or what's really holding you back and get rid of that too. There's lots we can do together. Contact me, CherylSitz.com. Now on with the show. Well, last week we had an incredible show with Dr. Dream and I've had nothing but good feedback about it. Talk about an inspiration. He was actually referred to me by today's guest. So this is a continuation of the expansion of this new moon energy. I hope you're ready to keep expanding because that's what we're going to do. Today's guest truly is, as he says, a possibilities coagulator. Zen Benefiel is an author, facilitator, transformational life coach, leadership trainer, show co-host, The list just goes on and on. And for all of his value in business and leadership in this world, it's also a different thread that guided me to connect with him. Lately, I've been feeling a nudge to get a little bit of galactic conversation going in this show. And in doing so, I'm also clear that I, (laughs) he's given the sound effects. I'm also clear that I'm not here to feed the fear. And so I was, I'm, I use discernment with who I go galactic with because I believe that we're all one and this is a very loving thing to speak of all life out there and here. And I think Zen's a kindred soul in that sense. So I'm delighted to have him on the show. If you want to check him out online, he's got a great website, zenbenefield.com. Welcome, Zen. Well, thank you, Cheryl. That was a wonderful introduction. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm not here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where I am, but uh, I'm everywhere. 
Yeah, you are. And you, you know, the first thing that intrigued me about you when I started to actually, because I'm one of those people that gets a hit about somebody, wow, this is somebody I need to talk to. And then I have to go find out who, who they are as best I can. I love it when people do research and due diligence and investigate. Well, I have investigated you a bit and you have been many places all of your life consciously, which is very, very different from many of my guests that wake up somewhere along the journey like I did. You've been having these experiences since you were a little boy of out of body, near death, clear audience, hearing voices. It's really incredible all the experiences that you've had. So I don't really know where we want to start with this, that being said. Wherever you want to start. And <laughs> yeah, you know, things um, began happening early on. Um, you know, be that as it may, I had opportunities. Uh, I was orphaned as a newborn, adopted by some wonderful people named Benefiel, which was a great surname to have because it means good fidelity. So when I found that out, it was, uh, it was a, yet another wake-up call to be in integrity, be authentic, be honest, be real, be truthful, all of those things that instill virtue in people. And not easy yeah. by any stretch. Well, and, and for as much experience as you've had, you are still admittedly a scholar of life and the cosmos and the, the inner cosmos and the external cosmos. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the little Artie Johnson there. It, uh, it's true, right? Yeah, the I more tend, we know, the I less tend to we be know. polyphrenic too, you know, because I pull in bits and pieces and witticisms and one-liners and music pieces <laughs> and, you know, from my life because it's part of my life and it's easy reference for maybe others. Yeah. Let's just tap into one experience you had. You started hearing voices at a very young age. What were you, four, I think, when you heard a, um, someone, a voice speak to you? I think it was probably just before my fifth birth, in between four and a half and five, because my parents had adopted a young girl. And she was, I don't know, a few weeks old. Matter of fact, there's a picture on my Facebook page of me kissing her when uh, she had just arrived. And it made me, well, dad decided it was time and maybe both of them, but dad had the conversation with me about adoption and what that meant and why they did. And as much as I was able to comprehend about it, it left me questioning who's my real parents. Um, and, and actually I had some questions about my celestial parentage as well for some reason. And so in my internal quest, because I really didn't talk to them about it, um, I set up the, the situation and where one evening I'm waiting for dad to get home, looking out across the, the window that looked across the porch and out to the main street. And it was after dark. And all of a sudden I hear this voice holler out, hey, you. And it was deeper and more resonant than anything I had ever heard. And, uh, and it didn't frighten me, but I did spin around immediately and I asked my mother if she heard the voice. You know, if she didn't hear it, then there was still something there because I knew what I heard. Right. I had enough presence to, to know what I knew. And so I began having this conversation internally with this voice. And I'd even stand in front of the window at night and with the lights on in the house, so I couldn't see outside, you know, how you get that light reflection off the windows and you can't see what's on the other side. And I would project that same voice out. Hey, you and wait <laughs> for it to return. Now, I have no idea why the hell I did that, but I did. <laughs> and it 
over time, you know, the voice would return. And so we had this, it was a completely nonverbal, whether you want to call it telepathic or whatever, it was more on a sensory level for me because I could feel myself adjusting to that because it was a very, not only tender, but it was a little tense as well because of not knowing what it was. Who did you believe you were hearing from? I mean, did you have any notion? In, in- I had no clue. Okay. No clue whatsoever, except that it felt like family. Okay. It just felt rock solid with me. So I assumed it to be family of some sort. And did this evolve into more over time? I mean, you've, you've, I think you've had much more conversation than that over time, right? This is something well, yeah, you've developed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was early enough that it opened me up to that. And I've always had a very, uh, I've had an insatiable curiosity, still do. And that can lead you into some very uncomfortable places that you then have to figure out what the heck's going on there in order to be comfortable with it. Because the situation is not going to change. Yeah. And I, I actually feel in myself sometimes that I would go further if I would allow myself, and it's my own awkwardness about it. So where do you find that comfort in, say, an out-of-body experience, which I know you've had, or or trusting the voices that you're hearing and the benevolence of them and going with it and seeing where it leads? Which, I rely on my superpower. Which is? Vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's the superpower. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's fearlessness. And I bank on that because that's what we're told to do, right? By every spiritual master and teaching there is on the planet, that's the advice, ultimately, to be fearless. Yeah. Well, that's a really scary place (laughs) for most people. Yeah. Yeah, because we're human and that human emotion of fear is there. So, and I... Oh, yeah, because we don't know how to handle, you know, we feel these things, these sensory experiences right and like uh and and i'll just launch into the galactic thing like when you're approached by a being from another world and their energy is so is to such an extreme and so powerful that it gives you the feeling of fight or flight you know it's just like getting a shock that you don't know what how or what to do except be afraid yes well when you can get beyond that then you begin to raise your own energy to meet that. And it's a wonderful experience when you can allow yourself to, to do so. It's like you're on the escalator to bliss. Yeah, I can, I mean, I can only imagine. I, I am not conscious that I have had those experiences, but I would imagine that they would be just incredible. I just did a workshop about how everything is vibration and getting away from good and bad and right and wrong and just looking at everything as a different vibratory frequency. And that's kind of what you're speaking to, right? Is that beings out there are higher vibratory frequency than we are. Right. Well, imagine. So we are in, in the electromagnetic spectrum. It has various layers or bandwidths and they're called different things. And the more conscious and aware you are the higher you move up the scale and yet we're still only in maybe a one or two percent range of the bottom wow there's a lot of potential there there's absolutely there's a lot of possibilities to coagulate (laughs) (laughs) and so when we allow those things to distill and coagulate within us then we 
can rise and raise ourselves into a whole new living experience. A lot of people call it, you know, this 5D thing, right? That we're going to move into a 5D world. Well, the world's not going to change, folks. The physical world is not going to change. Your attitude about it is what will and how you interact with it. And what we see, right? it interacts with you. Yeah, what we can perceive is going to change, right? Like we've actually had conversations about how much more illuminated everything seems to be. The leaves have a glisten. Everything has a brightness to it. Isn't that a, an awareness of a different vibration than we were seeing before? Absolutely. That's part of it. And like you were just saying, everything's frequency. When we become more aware, we be, it, it starts with having to being able to find that place of quiet and stillness inside of us. And, you know, folks will say, well, how the hell do you do that? You know, with all this chatter going on and the monkey mind and the outer distractions. Right. And it's it's really simple, at least the, one of the techniques that I've found. And, and I just happened upon this uh, when I was younger because I was trying to still myself because <laughs> things were pretty freaky. <laughs> and I put my fingertips together and I almost instantly felt my heartbeat in them. And the more I focused on feeling my heartbeat, the more centered I became and the more aware of everything around me while simultaneously being still. Yeah, that stillness is where all the power is. That's where everything is, is in that space. So we're told, and few (laughs) of us know how to get there. A lot of people teach about it and, you know, they have workshops and trainings and all that kind of stuff, but... And they still make it, in my opinion, way too complex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mario and I are both nodding. Yeah. Our mind loves complexity. Yes. That's what it's built for. So allow your mind to do its thing, but also realize that you are not your mind, right? Your mind's a tool. It's part of your body and it's connected to all that is. And the more you focus internally in that, centered place, whether you believe it to be your heart or your third eye or your crown chakra or wherever that place is, you'll eventually find that there is that place and it's pure. And being able to return to that place also brings a certain amount of accountability and responsibility of how you behave. Absolutely. So there's all of this is from my perspective a completely natural place where we begin to learn the natural law and order of creation. And then that allows us to interact with all kinds of intelligence, forces, consciousness, um, other beings, you know, uh, whether they're physical or non-physical. And this is where with our rational thinking, you know, we're not sure. (laughs) We hear things. And we don't necessarily want to believe that we're hearing things, but yet we're hearing things. <laughs> and if we talk about that to somebody, then <laughs> they're going to think we're nuts unless they're having a similar experience. Right. And then it's, oh, yeah, do you, get it? you know, and, and the excitement just springs out of that conversation. But you got to be vulnerable enough to ask the question or to speak your truth. And that still to this day doesn't bode well in a lot of situations. And that's okay, because it's not about you in that place. You're being true to yourself. It gives you an idea of your level of discernment and knowing where you can open your mouth. And trust me, I found this out 
by trial and error. I mean, my parents at 19 committed me because I was talking to them and others about experiences that I was having and especially about a, an experience of being asked if I was willing to die for what I believed in and that being cosmic consciousness. And I said, yes, and this was in a meditation. Next thing I know, there's a, the music I was listening to has a sound like a rocket ship taking off and I'm out of body and I look back at my body laying across the dorm, dorm bed. I was living in the honors dorm at Ball State University. I was in the pre-med program at the time. And I turned back to look where I was going and immediately was engulfed by white light. Felt completely at home, at one, and yet still individual. Then once I realized that I could see and I could hear and I could do all these things, but there was no tactile sensation, I asked the question, wow, is there more? You know, because the, the white light had not distilled into any kind of form or anything, and, and I didn't know that it would. But this feeling, this vibration that I was sensing at that time was just really, really high. And as soon as I asked the question if there was more, I moved into kind of the opposite, which was a sphere of pinpoints of light with an indigo background. And I knew the pinpoints of light were points of consciousness, whether or not in body or not, I wasn't sure, but it kind of felt like they were. Now, don't ask me why I thought all this. I don't know. I'm just reporting on what happened. So I'm told then by the voice, which had invited me there to begin with, it had been silent up until this point. And it said, these are those that you were to work with in order to facilitate a new world order. It will happen in your lifetime. Know this to be true. Your path will be full of trials and tribulations. Have faith and trust that everything you need will be there at its appointed time. Trust and allow. And then I felt another rush of energy and I'm back in my body taking a gulp of air. Now at 18, what the hell do you do with that? Yeah, yeah, at any age for most of us, what would we do with it? Well, Zen, okay. I got to say first, wait a minute, you you actually, most of us would have been freaking out at the point where you actually asked for more. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, Well, that's why I say I have an insatiable curiosity. Yes, I do. felt safe enough to ask. That's awesome. So how did you yeah. ultimately interpret any of that? You've had a few years now to let Oh, it, I still am. Yeah, I imagine. I realized that, you know, initially... And I wrote a piece that's on uh, one of my other websites, bethedream.net forward slash messy hyphen antics. <laughs> and um, well, if you plug in messianic complex and Google, you'll find that. You'll also find a, a presentation I gave at the International Association for Near-Death Studies in Denver in 2012 uh, or 2010. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it still affected me. And I realized most of all the word facilitate. That means work with others. That mm. means I'm only one of many and we all have things to do. And there's, you know, it's kind of like what um, DeHock did with Visa initially. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but DeHock was the president and founder of Visa. Mm -hmm. Yes, the credit card is what I'm talking about. So he had a flatline organization that he called Chaotic. And so there was no leadership Everybody did what they felt was necessary to do, and they all learned how to work together. That's an amazing process to do. And as a business consultant, and you know, I've got a master's in, in uh, I've got an MBA in project management, and, in, and an MA in organizational management. So watching these things and helping to facilitate those types of things in organizations is just amazingly rewarding. Yeah. 
and and in life. I mean, that's what we're trying to do in our lives, right? We're all here with our own thing, trying to figure out when to come together and when to be right. independent. And, and yeah, and they're all you know, there's processes and and procedures and, and tools and, and paths and you know all of them that have gotten so complex all stem from basically very simple things and that exercise with the heartbeat and your fingertips is one of them that's how you connect with yourself you're then self-aware of your heartbeat well what's your heartbeat connected to what's your breath connected to is it possible that that's a a reflection of actually what's going on in the universe because at the very deep levels of consciousness that I'm aware of with contactees and people who have been on board ships is that they report this pulse mm -hmm. that's very very low almost unfeelable but when they're quiet enough it's there so this heartbeat that we have in my opinion is a fractal of what's present in the universe yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that word too, fractal. Jose Arguez <laughs> did some great work with fractals and, and talking about those. And he actually became a friend years ago. Um, he's on my dead council now, by the way. <laughs> Your dead council? <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but, you know, if we consider that uh, consciousness moves on and it's available in whatever form it is. Once you know it, you can respond and interact right. with it. Right. And when you call it, it is there. That's a universal law. Yes. I have another friend that I speak about galactic things with who has his board of directors and none of them are incarnated any longer. And mm -hmm. he gets the best information that way. <laughs> right. You know, there's a, <clears throat> a process I've actually got it uh, up online is another download for people and it's um 12 views i think and, and 12 hyphen views i don't know if that'll um mario might be able to google that and see if it comes up and correct me on the link i got so much stuff out there i forget what the links are <laughs> you've been doing this a while i have uh, i built my first website in 1999 <laughs> And it was at that time be the dream.net. And it eventually contained a bunch of stuff about my metaphysical excursions and my dealings with the Galactic Federation and all of that. And within a few months, it was getting 25,000 visits a month. And after a couple of years, I took it down and rebuilt it. You know, I didn't even think about, oh my God, look at that traffic. That's the key to everything. <laughs> And I didn't yeah. even think about it. Let me ask you a question that's coming to me right now as I'm listening to you kind of go from consulting organizations on organizational development and leadership and then talking with contactees about out there. How do you blend the worlds? How does that work for you? Do you feel like you're kind of split in two, walking in two worlds? Or has it all integrated for you into one pathway? And how could you kind of tell us a little about how to do that? Honestly, it all depends on who I'm talking with. And what's necessary in the moment. Sometimes I'll drop dimes uh, just to see where everybody's at. For instance, uh, I do partnering workshops for building road and bridge construction. I was doing a job in McAllen, Texas for Homeland Security, and uh, it was for a centralized processing center for unaccompanied alien children. There are 52,000 of them that crossed the border in Texas in 2014. And so they, they can't handle that kind of volume. So they needed to create a processing center. 
And I happened to get the call to facilitate that meeting, which is basically bringing all the stock, the stakeholders together, the contractor, um, Hohen Security, and, and everybody involved that in the construction process, right? And get them all on the same page, being aware of what the issues that they were going to encounter are and have methods to resolve them in place before they happen. So that's what partnering is all about. And it's literally getting people on the same page. Yeah. Well, I think there are people, at least I'm encountering people, that are starting to awaken to the idea that we're not alone in the universe in a new way or mm-hmm. see or see a piece of that that they haven't seen before. And there are there are those of us that believe that we have entities working within us and through us and others of us that believe that they've we have been taken somewhere else to visit different beings. So there's a lot of different aspects even within this conversation of galactic. That can and be I think both those perspectives are true. Yes. One from my own experience, uh, there was a guy named William Swigard who developed a process in the 1950s called multiplane awareness. And if you Google multiplane awareness in Solfeggio, you'll see my video come up number one. And it is a version of that that includes the Solfeggio tones. Now, what it is, it's a way for a person to experience nine planes of consciousness that each have a body on it. And I was talking about the electromagnetic spectrum and the various bandwidths, and we call them different things, right? So at this point, it's not necessarily to put a label on it. It's the experience that's important. And each one of these planes has a finer and finer vibratory rate and a body and a consciousness and a purpose slash mission in it. And then on another level, each one of these bodies, I mean, for instance, one of them could be a body that's normally on that level of vibratory range occupying a starship, but it's also part of us. So there's this interaction that takes place and that's why part of the contact experience and and the uncomfortableness, if you're not ready for it, occurs. If you haven't processed yourself well enough to be ready for that, the need for it to happen and the timeline it is to happen on doesn't necessarily change, but our readiness for it or lack thereof is what gives us an initial experience of it. And most contactees who've had what they term to be negative experiences to begin with eventually became much different as their consciousness grew and they became more aware of how integrated things are. And it was their perspective and perception to begin with, their belief system, if you will, that gave them a false positive. Yeah, that makes total sense. A big piece of this then is us just continuing to evolve within ourselves and get to a place where we see that. We all learn how to get along. Yes, exactly. Out there that's, and in here. <laughs> yeah, that that's the fate. And this is what all of the contactees and, and everything that I'm aware of from that deep level of consciousness that's driving us, crop circles, telepathic communication, onboard, you know, visitations, things like that. All of this is getting us to look at ourselves, what we need to get out of the way in order to get along and share the planet as it was intended in a natural harmonic way, which aligns with universe code that's embedded in us. 
that is now beginning to come to the surface. We think that, you know, DNA strands are being ignited or, you know, whatever. No, it's all part of a natural evolutionary process of a planetary civilization. We just tend to look at things in very small time frames. We don't look at the big picture. I'm curious to get your take on the idea of a disclosure an event that is a disclosure that suddenly we all are jolted into something. Do yeah, you see it Steve, that way? I know the Steves. <laughs> right? um, yeah. One I know much better than the other. Uh, <laughs> one I, I don't have much respect for. Um, but what they've done is phenomenal. And yet, I think still a distraction. We know those of us who have experiences, we don't need a disclosure. Right. And pushing for it continues to set up that bipolar framework yes. that's never appropriate. Yes, I thoroughly agree with that. You know, there is no push or pull. When you learn to be in harmony, that doesn't mean you're not going to experience chaos. It means it's all part of the process. Yes. Chaos is disorganiz disorganization organizing itself, right? Or reorganizing itself. Yeah. 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 Anytime you have a transformation, like the apocalypse, all right? That's a chaotic experience because you're having to dump the old in favor of the new that puts things together in a better picture. And that's really the essence of the Bible. Yes. If you want to put it in, you know, very simple <laughs> terms. Um, and the rest of it, just toss. Because those things are, again, embedded within us. And as long as we're looking for truth, that's what's going to emerge. doesn't matter who you follow. Right. You know, you don't really need to follow. Because at some point in time, a real master is not going to tell you where to look. It's or They'll tell you where to look, not what to see. Yes. You've got to find it for your own. And they'll say, oh, well, you might want to look over here. Or have you considered this? And then they'll shut up. So if I could ask, what is the most recent exploration for you? What are your new discoveries these days? What are you into these days? Oh, well, <laughs> let's see. Um, on a core level, my uh, cosmic love finally showed up, whether you want to call her a twin flame or whatever. I had a dream about her three weeks before she showed up and we met. She's from St. Petersburg, Russia. So it, it's just totally fitting with my whole Harmony Among People and Planet thing that she would turn up from the other side of the world from what we would consider an arch nemesis. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. Oh, and I mean, it, it's so spooky cool that <laughs> we oftentimes will have the, will utter the same sounds in the same time frame with the same meaning and just look at each other. And like, that was pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so on one level, that, that's happening. And then um, the radio show, the Two Small Biz Guys, were talking about um, leadership and, and uh, organizations and business. And I think this is, a, a to me, it's a logical spillover into everything else because it's how people learn to work together in the best ways possible and the tools and keys in doing so. And we've gotten up to 150,000 listens which was from my pseudo expertise of social media marketing. And so I kind of know a little bit about what I'm doing uh, sometimes. <laughs> Other times I'm not so sure. And then I'm uh, in process of 
rewriting my big book, which is Zendor the Contrarian. It's currently over 800 pages. Yes. And it's subtitled um, A Seminal View of Consciousness, Cosmology, and the Congruence of Science and Spirituality. So I wrote this over a 10-year period, and it was like a data dump. <laughs> and I just published it. And I didn't really go through and edit things. So, um, you know, sometimes the filters weren't there that needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, you know, one of, I think, uh, 17, 18 other books that I've written. Um, another one's called uh, Alien Agendas and Anal Probes, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> mark about the whole experience. Because uh, it's actually, a, if you're going to, think about the science of it people who've had what they call anal probes there's this uh, nerve called the perineum that ends in the sphincter and so if you were an advanced race that had the technology to plug into these lesser physical bodies where would you do it well you'd plug it into some place that has direct access to the central nervous system right <laughs> yeah and that accounts for the sensations that people have and thinking that they're doing you know, genetic experiments or that they're planting eggs or, you know, um, collecting semen or whatever. Because one of the first things that happens when the kundalini rises is that you're going to have an orgasm. It's the sensation. You ride that wave. So and that's often misunderstood. And, and so often today, especially in this country, uh, speaking of the U.S., we are so uh, sexually perverse. Yes. And it's just not necessary. You know, it's part of who we are. It's what we do. Then let's just get honest with it and talk about it. Well, and so it's our we, it's our most authentic power, correct? I mean, as far as in the physical body, it is yeah. the power source for of our physical body. Yep, and it's been misused with the advertising and yes. you know sexual power that that women seem to have over men, and women do rule the world, by the way, because of that. And. <laughs> Um, and, and that's not necessarily a good or bad thing. That's just a thing. Right. Um, but it's what I found, you know, and empowered men are backed and women are backed by an empowered partner. Yes. Change the partner, change the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I'm living proof of that too. And for some of us, we, we've had other sexual abuses and things in our lineage for a while that were here cleaning up now. And so we haven't had access to our power because of that. We've, we've shut it down. And so sure. that's an interesting face of it too, is coming back to ignite that and find our true power and clean that up and, and experience that. And feeling comfortable and, and safe and yeah. vulnerable in that process. Because once you've been violated or betrayed, you know, you want to just completely close up. Yep. Indeed. And <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, that's a natural response. Those who realize that, okay, I have to grow still. And the only way I can do that is by getting through this barrier. Yeah. And find somebody or bodies or whether it's groups or a coach or a counselor or whatever that can help you through this. And this is you know, one of the things that I do as a transformational life coach, I, I not only work with people that are moving professionally, career changes and figuring out how to deal with situations at work or whatever, but I also deal with that inner uh, thing. I just created a little video recently that um, one of these things where you type in stuff and says, how, how can I find myself? And then 
you know, the, then I have a picture of the three monkeys hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. Right. And the, with the phrase, discover your inner senses. And we all have them. We haven't grown up or been taught how to trust them or how to work with them. And this is part of what I do because it's things are, are sensitive in ways unimaginable. Right. The, we're a, a sensory being and we operate off of subtle energies that we need to be able to feel, interpret, and integrate appropriately. For instance, anxiety that most people feel, right? They right. feel it in their body first. There's this sensation that something's quivering, right? And so it's mostly interpreted as anxiety because what are we? We're a fear-based society. <laughs> yeah. So we go to that place first. But in reality, if you pause for the cause and take a breath, put your fingertips together, you know, <laughs> feel your heartbeat, you realize that that's also the quickening, mm -hmm. which is a sensation that precedes really cool stuff happening that's going to cause you to grow. That's good stuff. <laughs> so those are, you know, again, very simple changes of mind. You know, I have a, a tune-up from our band. Uh, I play drums, and, and for a decade and a half, I played with some guys that were just phenomenal musicians, and we went a lot of places and shared a lot of musicality in them. And one of the songs I ended up calling Metanoia, which means change of mind. <laughs> and it, uh, I put some graphics to it that kind of walk through the process of becoming aware and the different levels that we become aware on. And it's pretty cool. And uh, the, the band's name is Outcast and Social Misfits, by the way. <laughs> I love that. My favorite people to talk to, by the way, without exception, are the Outcasts and Social Misfits because there's always some interesting stories going on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and our filters are few because we like to speak the truth from our own perspective. It may not agree with yours, but we're still willing to share and have a discussion about it. Exactly. I can't believe we've already been chatting as long as we have and, and our time's coming to a close because it feels oh, like we're just no. getting started. <laughs> oh. I will ask you what I love to ask my guests, which is if you have some parting thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with today. Hmm. How about just be yourself with the emphasis on be? And if you're not sure what that is, I'm available. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Zenbenefield.com will connect you. Thank you so much for your time today, Zen, and for all that you're doing in the world. You're a bright light that helps us see our own possibility and authenticity. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Cheryl. It was an honor and a pleasure. Yes, it was here too. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.